local sports talk, Saturday morning style on the Nick Brown Show. You can call us at 888-993-7762. Email sports at ESPN977.com. And become a fan of the Nick Brown Show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. Certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning to be a part of the show. Thanks to all the great texts. You can call in on the HGO Paddle Highline, 888-993-7762. And I am enjoying the LSU Community Coffee. So those of you that say they hate Louisiana, you can see me wearing a purple and gold cap with an L on it. And as everyone pointed out, it's a throwback LSU cap. It's the state of Louisiana cap for uh, baseball. Interesting, when picking out the helmets for this all-star team, I went with purple over gold. I really wanted the gold helmet, but it was just too tough to match. That is the only, you know, I'm a uniform guy. I am. Uniform guy. And by the way, the guy's going to be wearing short pants, knickers. And I'm going to go through that in just a minute. But great job with that. Socks or stirrups? Stirrups. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm old school. Huh? Hey, I love it. I, I've been busy. Now, 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 are we talking the, the, the skinny high stirrups or the big fat low rider? I'm talking about with triple bands. <laughs> oh, nice. I like <laughs> it. Rick and Keel style. Yes. Now, it was tough to match up the gold, the gold on the helmets. All right, I'm going to do a little statistical analysis for you. Then we'll get to the are text. Are talking line. like a bright gold or more of a flat gold? Okay, that's my problem. And you LSU fans, you have to deal with this. Like, for Auburn, for Tech, you've got the colors, red and blue. And they've got You go to any sporting goods store, there's going to be like 712 colors of yellow. What's worse, painting your, your third bedroom or picking out a Little League jersey? Oh, picking out jerseys. Uh, it's tough. Now, but I didn't go with gold. And, and, and people, because everything I looked, looked like kidney infection yellow. Uh, Andrew, with today's society, someone would recognize that said booster. Uh, would they, though? I mean, what if you went in? Oh, you're, you're right. I mean, somebody's going to say, hey, there's John Tabor. Yeah, but is that somebody going to care? Well, if that somebody talks and people... Well, well, that's you know, why you, you got to hire the right somebodies. You, you go through. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> hey, real quick, before I get to Graham, maybe we could get Rick Gallo on the, on the show and talk to him about it. Uh, interesting, I did data analysis. We we wore short pants during the district tournament. We had over 20 base on balls. We lost our first game at the state tournament wearing the knickers. So we changed, to, we changed it up, went gray-red. They're long pants. In four games at the state tournament, we had three guys receive base on balls. You think the short pants give an optical illusion for the strike zone? How high are we riding? Like right under the knee? Yeah. Well, unless some of them pull them up. If you're 4'10", you pull them up above your knee. You say that kiddingly. No, I don't say it kiddingly. But it does, give the, it does change the illusion because I know my natural instinct is going to see where does that ball cross in in relevance to where your knees at, and if you get if you have the visual visual illusion that the knicker is sitting there at That's the top right. of the knee, it's going to shrink the strike zone. Hey. And you get somebody little like me who squinches way down, puts their butt way out, and leaves about nine inches of strike zone. And you're going to get you're there. going to draw walks. 
Thank you. And that's why I'm... So you need to go with the knickers. Both pair. I'm having them hemmed as we speak. There you go. Now, I want to go now. We, we just talked all this morning. I appreciate everyone listening. John yeah. Tabor and I having a great conversation about country music. Mark Chestnut. And Certainly, baseball knickers. And baseball pants. Yes. But in a serious note, you look at Grambling. We've agreed... Grambling, and this is their statement, we agree with the NCAA that we were fundamentally wrong in several instances, including having a history of incidental to serious violations. A number of serious violations, including the not meeting the single-year 930 APR benchmark for all sports with a men's basketball APR score of 875, a men's cross-country APR of 857, and a men's track and field of 919. Condoning, participating in, or negatively disregarding a violation or wrongful conduct. However, we suggested and the NCAA enforcement staff agreed that we promptly self-detected and self-disclosed violations, promptly acknowledge the violations, accepted responsibility, and imposed meaningful corrective measures and penalties, took affirmative steps to expedite final resolution of the matter. In addition, the NCAA alleges that we were intentional will for our had blatant disregard for NCAA constitution and bylaws, and we disagree with that assertion. More specifically, several serious mistakes were made, including now, failing to properly certify 45 student-athletes in 11 sports, yielding 45 infractions in baseball, men's basketball, women's basketball, men's track and field, women's track and field, softball, women's soccer, football, women's volleyball, women's tennis, and women's bowling. We have to vacate the 2011 SWAC championship because ineligible football players competed in regular season SWAC and or non-conference football games during the fall 2011 season, and ineligible football players competed in the 2011 SWAC championship game. I've always wondered, when they talk about players, was it a player that made a meaningful impact on the game? I know it doesn't matter, but, like, if you're on special teams... Yeah, but but when when you're, you're laying out what appears, in my opinion, to be more of a matter of negligence, and it could very well be to a lack of staff. There, there may, I don't know the details. I'm willing to bet that there's not more than maybe two or three people on the entire compliance staff for the entire athletic program. You, Compared well, to somebody like Alabama or LSU that has, they don't have a compliance officer for a every compliance sport. staff they have they have a compliance department yes you know it's a it's a multifaceted multi-individual thing that it's adequately staffed and i just you know whether it's funding or or, or lack of importance amongst the administration you know only grandma can answer that right right but you're going through it and back to what i was saying though i wonder like and no, it doesn't make a difference. But were you the start? Was the starting quarterback one of those guys, or was it the guy that you ran in on special teams? Uh, on and the that's my point. Team? If it's if it's number eighty three on the depth chart, I could see where it could easily slide through the cracks. And you go through, and there's more. They permitted twenty four athletes and six sports to practice, compete, and receive expenses without meeting amateurism certification requirements. Having twenty one athletes in eight sports and properly certified and meeting progress towards degree requirements. So, you go through, and here's the penalty. The NCAA penalties include some penalties we suggested and additional penalties imposed by the NCAA. Our self-imposed penalties were not sufficient, and our athletic governing body decided to levy additional penalties as is their right and responsibility as they work to even 
handedly balance student-athlete, academic, and other support with structures that need work. Working with the NCAA to come up with a reasonable set of actions and penalties. The core penalties for our institutional violations include. So now they gave some penalties. And the NCAA imposed uh, additional penalties. And their athletic governing body came back with more. So sounds to me like President Rick Gallo is showing integrity. He's trying to clean it up. A- absolutely. Here are the penalties. A two-year probation from July 28, 2017 through July 2027, 2019. Financial penalty of $5,000. A scholarship mm-hmm. reduction in women's track and field by one Equivalently in 17-18 and 18-19. Restrictions on our women's track and field program included reducing the number of recruiting days during the 17-18 academic year. So I think a lot of these were in track and field. Again, uh, the, they, again you're talking about a sport that, let's be honest, isn't probably the most important one on the ledger. Probably so. I mean, I mean, as far as that, vacating a, a public reprimand and censure by the NCAA, which I think they've had that, vacating a number of events and games in which ineligible athletes participated in those same events and games must be vacated for the individual ineligible student athletes. Though the individual ineligible, though the individual eligible student athlete finishes and awards will be retained. That's I mean, you don't gonna take a ring back from a guy, are you? I mean, I mean. It's the way I read that. Surely you don't go back and say, John, I mean. Yeah, you can take away the banner, but you can't take away the mirror. Yeah, but it says games must be vacated for the individual ineligible student athletes. Though the in individual eligible student athlete finishes and awards will be retained. Uh, I would like to get confirmation yeah. on that because that means, you, I mean, you either the whole team is a SWAC champion or, the you know, if you take away, so. And, and the well. I guess within track and field, because you have individual competition, I could see where that would vary. Like if, if you know, runner A won a conference championship but was declared ineligible while runner B, you know, runner A won the 100 meters while runner B finished second in the 200, runner B was eligible, so they still keep their award of finishing second in the conference and no, hypothetically. Yeah, and I'm going to go through what Gramlin ended up doing, and I think this is where you go. Uh, though we might quibble with one allegation or another, we have decided that the best course of action is to accept full responsibility. Let me let me say that again, okay? You, you got 21 violations in Oxford. They're denying seven of them, one-third. Strong leadership. Though we might quibble with one allegation or another. One or two we have a problem with. Our best course of action is to accept full responsibility for the allegations. We have made some immediate remedial actions, including to improve, number one, working with the provost's office to improve institutional processes. Here's what you were talking about. Hiring an experienced assistant AD for compliance. Hiring an experienced assistant AD for academic services. Securing a $400,000 grant to enhance academic services for student-athletes. Developing an annual compliance plan to educate coaches, faculty, staff, boosters about NCAA compliance, plans to add a full-time eligibility specialist in the Office of the Registrar, and plans to add staff in the Office of Athletic, Academic Services, and Compliance. And see, I hadn't read that, but, <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot like what I was kind of going with. 
And I think a lack of staffing, while it's not an excuse, it is definitely a viable reason into a lot of the negligence. Yeah. I think you go through, and I think you go through the steps, and they're cleaning it up. Yep. Cleaning house. So, great job, and we'll touch base to see if we can get Rick Gallo, because a lot of respect, a lot of integrity there. You look going through. So, so those of you who say, well, they're not punishing Ole Miss. Well, they're denying it, denying it, and see if they can get them reduced. And I think they've already self-imposed penalties, but I think the NCAA hand will rule in the fall and uh, probably add another. I think they're going to figure out the Nile as a river in Egypt. (laughs) That's exactly. Good luck with that. Absolutely. We certainly want to get your opinions. 888-993-7762. That is the Ace to Go Paddle hotline. Or you can text us out on the Ace to Go Paddle text line. Same number, 888-993-7762. We'll be right back with more of the Nick Brown Show, which is brought to you every Saturday morning by the great folks at Bancourt South. Right on the corner, right where you are, member FDIC, the official bank of the Nick Brown Show. We're going to enjoy some pillowy fluff, delicious daylight donuts during the break. We'll be right back with more of the Nick Brown Show. The summer clearance event is going on now at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. We've got huge incentive to sell down our stock before the new models get here. 17 Challengers have $32.50 in rebate. 17 Chargers have $5,000 in rebate. And right now, get a 17 Charger for only $23.9. 17 Journey has $4,000 in rebates, and you can get one for only $19.9. And 17 Ram 1500 Crew Laramie has $47 in rebates, and you can save $12.5 off 17 Ram 1500 Crew Bighorn 4x4 during the summer clearance event at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. The first step to getting your driver's license or driving permit is Head Start Driving School in Ruston. Serving Lincoln, Bienville, Webster, Jackson, Union, and Claiborne Parishes. Call Head Start Driving School in Ruston today, 245-6566, 245-6566. You depend on your vehicle to keep you on the road, but who do you trust to keep it running smoothly? Your Chevron neighborhood pit crew at Chevron Fast Lube. Drive right up and we'll take care of the rest. Relax in our comfortable waiting area while certified Chevron technicians perform an 18-point service check. Within minutes, you'll have the results, followed by the quality service you need to get you back on the road quickly and with confidence. Quality, confidence, trust. You can depend on it at your neighborhood Chevron Fast Lube. Tech Drive in Ruston. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camped, bike, paddled, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer, from the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountainwood to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. Thanks for turning that radio on this morning to the Nick Brown Show. You can call us at 888-993-7762 and become a fan of the Nick Brown Show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Dick Brown Show. We certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning. The coffee is great. Enjoying the LSU blend from Community. I recommend you give it a try. Made a little strong this morning. Yeah, I was towards the end of the bag, and you're like, why save just that little bit? So went ahead and just mix it strong or, or make it 
wrong. I certainly appreciate you listening to the show today. We're going to have Lynn Scarborough going to join us at 9.30. We get in touch with Lynn. Talk about all his trouble and woes with a little uh, outage of the Internet and phone. Now, don't talk much NBA, NFL here on the Nick Brown Show. Obviously excited about college football well, returning. Yeah, when you got college football around the bend, you know, what's – we got the other six days of the week to worry about that. That's exactly right. But I, I do want to go to the NBA because I thought this was interesting. And you're going to probably have mixed emotions about this. But I'm going to see both sides of the story that I'm about to tell you. Because you are familiar, if you listen to this show, with the Big Baller brand. That's what John Tabor is going to get me for Christmas. A pair of the Big Baller brand shoes. You're not even getting the $200 house slippers. <laughs> really? No. I thought you'd go with that, maybe. Nick, I've never spent $200 on a pair of shoes my entire life. Okay. I, th- I, think, my, I think my folks bought me a nice pair of boots back in high school that may have been about a buck fifty. Okay. Well, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, there was a female officiating in one of the AAU tournaments. LeVar Ball, big baller brand, and uh, his colleague. He's got a team between LeVar. He, he was playing. They were playing the AAU tournament out in Las Vegas. Now, AAU would be the U-trip for Was this the basketball. middle or the youngest boy? It's going to have to be the middle. No, it had to be the youngest because the middle one's going to enroll next year, right? It'll be a freshman. That's right, yeah, so, so the younger one. So, LeVar Ball's big baller brand was playing – college-bound in the Adidas Uprising Summer Championships. Now, there was a female official, and she gave Ball a technical foul Friday morning. The group that supplies the officials is, so you got got this officiating, okay, we're going to get your officials for you. Court club elite. Now, they were going to have an all-female crew, but compromise had been reached they would have two women and one man officiate the game. But Friday's crew only featured only one woman with two men. So at first, now just now hear me out on this. I'm giving you the background of the story. They were going to have an all-female officiating crew for the ball, balls, team that he coaches. But they didn't have an all-female crew. Then they were going to have two females and one man. Then they changed it and flipped the script. They had two males and one female. But Coach LeVar Ball threatened to pull his team from the court if one of the female officials were allowed to stay. She's got to go. He repeated this over and over before she was replaced. Now, the official, obviously, that, that would upset you. And she was visibly shaken by this. She was replaced by a male official. Now, after the game, obviously, regardless of what the kids did on the court, you're going to have questions if you're a good media person about why you wanted the female official removed from the game. I mean, I would. I would. It was a problem. Now, trust me, I understand you have problems with some officials. I'm more friends with them now that I'm not coaching than I ever was when when I was coaching. And now I'll just, under my breath, say, you know, you did a great job, but, you know, you may have criticisms of them. 
But after the game, Ball criticized a woman, and she's a Division One women's college basketball official. This is what he said, Tabor. said she wasn't fit to officiate and claimed she wasn't in shape. And then he said she should stay in your lane. Now, Court Club Elite is owned and operated by ex-NBA ref Ed Rush, who we're familiar with. Also Friday, officials with Adidas had pressured referees at the event to avoid calling technical fouls against Ball because of his drawing power and value to the tournament. Now, the court, the source said court club elite officials were told to put three officials on the game who will keep him in the building whenever Ball's team played. Now, you know what the female did? She gave him a technical foul. Ball pulled his team off the court last weekend after receiving a technical foul during a playoff game at the double-pump best of summer tournament in Anaheim, California. In Vegas, he drew a technical foul on Wednesday's loss to a South Carolina squad. He didn't get a technical on Thursday when he used profanity toward officials throughout the game. The technical foul issued by the female official Friday morning was his second in three days of the tournament. So, I mean, obviously he's star power in the tournament. Should he be above getting receiving a technical foul? No. Why would a competing shoe company stick its neck out and jeopardize the integrity of their event in risk of, of him. This blows my mind. Well, also, too, now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I told you I would take a 180 for a minute, and I am, just for a second. If I was told, and I were an official, not to give a technical foul to a particular coach, I'm going to be looking for things. I'm talking about Nick Brown personally. I'm going to be looking for things to give him a technical foul for. Because you're not going to tell me how to do my job. But I think that if you look at, obviously you're a star power draw, but threatening to take your team off the court should you receive a technical foul, form of bullying. You you should if if you do what deserves a technical foul and hey I got great friends that are officials and they've given me technical fouls and afterward one apologized and I said no you did your job I deserved a technical foul you did right I had an assignment secretary at one time call me and say hey sorry about that I understand you got a technical foul I said hey he was doing his job I would have given myself a technical foul. The official called, uh, the official turned around, and I went behind him and stomped my foot really, foot really loud, and he almost had a heart attack. I would have given myself a technical foul. I deserved it. But I don't have, I mean, I don't have the star power that LeVar Ball does. But I mean, should he have the power to get officiating crews changed at a tournament in Las Vegas? So what if he has the power? Are you going to let what, let one man, regardless of who he is, be bigger than the game? 
Even Michael Jordan's not bigger than the game of basketball. Well, no one's bigger than the game, and that's LeVar what we made. LeVar Ball sure as heck thinks he is. Steve chimes in, pulling him off the court is not teaching them rightly, is it, regardless of their qualifications. But what I'm saying, what if there was an official who said, you know what they told me, I'm not going to give a technical foul to LeVar Ball. I'm giving a technical foul to LeVar Ball. Is it possible, is it probable that she would give a technical foul? Now, and, and here's the thing. Where are the cries that, is this sexist? That you can't have a female official doing a man's game? Stay in your lane? I mean, what if Popovich made these comments? I mean, what if Coach K made these I'd, comments? I'd be a little apprehensive in seeing a, a three female crew calling maybe a Division One level college game because of the speed of the game. Okay. But we're talking about an extreme example. We're talking about as, an AAU. As compared to high school AAU games, which, I mean, those boys can play. You get up and down the floor, especially in an accelerated playground style of play. But still, they're 15, 16, 17-year-old boys, and you're talking about a lady who is a Division One referee, so obviously she knows the game and, and calls it at a at a high level, and chances are she's probably not just calling women's games. She's probably called some men's as well. And she wouldn't be doing it if she wasn't qualified to do her job, regardless if, if, if she, he, whoever. And, and, and some, of the, some of the male referees that we've seen aren't, aren't you know, they, they, have my, hey. they, have, they resemble me. Yeah, you, you know, being fit conditioned is not limited to one sex. I mean, no. yeah, there are males that can be out of shape as well. What's your thoughts on that situation, 888-993-7762? And, and running a three-man crew, I think knowing how to properly rotate within your crew is more important than, than how fast you your top speed getting up and down the court. If you're rotating properly, then, then there's going to be somebody in position anyway. I, I agree. We're going to go get a great text from Larry Monroe. He says that you can be ignorant to certain things, but you can't tell me that boosters do not know what they are doing is illegal. Does everyone in college football do this? Probably. Knowing it's wrong and do it anyway is just plain ignorant. Everyone knows the real reason to do this is that you wanted your team to have the best players in the country. Number one rule should be do not know if it's a rule already, but boosters contacting players directly. And he goes through, we have the most intelligent of all the sports audience, uh, reading basically a manifesto for recruiting from Larry. Certainly appreciate it, Larry. It just, it just means more. Yeah. I mean, limit how much they can give to the university, like John Taylor. But you're always going to have, you're going to have what you have written down on papers you've given. There's going to be that under the table that you're given. But you're right. I mean, cheating, you're right, Larry. Everyone does it to get the best possible players. This is the Nick Brown Show on ESPN 97.7 FM. We return. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama, will join us after this break. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there is more than a slogan. It's a promise, and it's the only way we at the Skip Russell Agency at 105 Reynolds Drive in Ruston do business. When you have an insurance question or a claim, we'll be ready with quick, friendly service that State Farm has made famous. 
whether it's car, home, life, health, or business insurance. You'll always get affordable coverage backed by the good neighbor service from State Farm and the Skip Russell Agency. That's a promise. Call us today at 255-5050. You want to look your best, so let the stylist at LaBella Salon Custom Style a look just right for you. Adrian Russell and Dara Davis can do more than haircuts, like highlights and waxes. And it's not just for gals, they also do guy cuts. They offer massage therapy with Mamie Lee, too. Just call LaBella Salon at 202-5848, located at 105 Reynolds Drive, next to Skip Russell State Farm in Ruston. What are you waiting for? Now's a great time to give them a call. LaBella Salon, 202-5848. Walk-ins welcome. 2017 Bulldog football season tickets are on sale now. Join us in Ruston for seven home games that include marquee opponents versus SEC Power Mississippi State, an in-state battle versus Northwestern State, and conference foe Southern Miss. Save up to $84 when buying season tickets and be eligible for a tour of the new press box. Contact the ticket office at 318-257-3631 or latexsports.com slash tickets to secure your season tickets today. At Bancorp South, we're right where you are. Literally. Want to bank online? We're there. Text banking? Yep. Banking app? Right there again. Simply put, Bancorp South gives you the banking relationship you want so you can bank how you want. Of course, if you'd like to experience our service firsthand, we'd love to have you. So for all your banking, business, mortgage, and insurance needs, call or visit your local branch or go to BancorpSouth.com. Bancorp South. We're right where you are. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow, right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. One of those things, Dory. I, I'm, I go around the country and I talk to these teams, bro. Are you and that's beginning what I to work them. out and need advice on what supplements to take? Are you working out and need a pre-workout to get you going? Then Peak Nutrition is for you. Peak Nutrition, located in Celebrity Center, offers products from Insane Labs, Condemned Labs, Cellular Core, Blackstone Labs, BPI, and many, many more. Peak Nutrition has pre-workouts, protein, aminos, muscle building, weight loss, healthy snacks and drinks, and apparel. Peak Nutrition in Celebrity Center, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 8, and on Saturday from 11 to 7. This is the Nick Brown Show on ESPN Radio 97.7. Get in the game by calling 888-993-7762. Email nickbrownshow at suddenlink.net. Or get social on the Nick Brown Show Facebook page. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. Certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning. That's right, Peak Nutrition, a new sponsor here on the Nick Brown Show, located at 720 Celebrity Center in Ruston. Get that workout supplement. I need to go by and get a protein uh, powder for my post-workout uh, today. But now you hear that fight song, you know we're going to go to Birmingham, Alabama to check in with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. And good morning, Lynn. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm, uh, I'm doing great. My... Uh... My uh, telephone, internet, and email service is not doing so great. Uh, so uh, uh, we're saying off the air, you know, AT&T probably does not want me to try to cut a promo for them today. 
you know, maybe maybe sometime in the future. But I, uh, you know, when you call in and they say this record, this uh, phone call may be recorded, um, they they probably would not want to replay the phone call that I'm going to have recorded to them uh, when we get off the air. But that's uh, a totally another story. Five five Saturdays from today, I believe, uh, we'll be in football stadiums around the southeast. Well, and in some places, you know, four four from today because we do have uh, do have those few early games. Got the game down in Australia. I uh, got the game in in Montgomery between Jacksonville State and Chattanooga. That's five. That's five. August twenty sixth, right? Yep, that's right. And that's uh, and that's that's a big deal for. Well, it's it's really good for it's good for Montgomery. Uh, it's good for for Crampton Bowl for the facility. Uh, really good for the uh, Ohio Valley Conference. It's good for uh, for Jacksonville State Chattanooga uh, for that level of football to be able to be a. Uh, a nationally featured game to kick things off on ESPN. Uh, that's a that's a really big thing. We we gave that some pretty good coverage uh, in in yes, Lindy's, you did. Uh, in Lindy's magazine this year. You know, but here's the thing on this whole phone, internet, email dilemma. If you and Cindy would just take over the lawn care at the Scarborough Estate and not hire it out, I mean, then you would take care. You would you would know what line not to cut. Well, actually, probably not because we actually uh, that that's the thing that makes it more frustrating. Uh, we had a service that supposedly is expert in identifying and marking where you are not to cut because there's underground utility lines. And um, that the area where this line was cut was not marked, and it was literally the first thing. I mean, it was uh, the, the people uh, the digging had not been digging five minutes, and everything goes dead. And uh, sure enough, the area where they were digging was not marked by somebody that got paid good American money. Uh, to come mark the property to show where the utility lines were. So, uh, you know, we could we could take up an entire uh, an entire show on this subject. Well, here's the thing, though: does does Lynn Scarborough get some type of credit for the lack of uh, 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 responsibility by the uh, yard crew? I guess would be. Well, the... pro- 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 I, I may ask, but I would have to seriously doubt it. Well. I'll, I, w- I would not want to go spend that money like on a vacation or anywhere because I-, I don't suspect that's going to happen. Well, I, I want to tell you, and the reason I led to that responsibility, because they finally were released, and, and I found it to be, and I-, and, I- and I do, I read all of this stuff, and that's why I'm here. I read it so our listeners don't have to. But John Tabor and I went over the 21 violations, the notice of allegations against Ole Miss. And I want to tell you that it is not good and, and and actually, we're making a comparison because we got Gramley State, which is uh, right here in our backyard. And their president came out and uh, showed a lot of integrity. Said, "Hey, we admit to we disagree on some, but we're going to select. We're going to accept all the punishment and take full responsibility for these actions." And, and you see a, a level of accountability out of an HBCU, HBCU, and the responsibility of a president with integrity. And you look at Ole Miss fighting, but Lynn, I don't know if you've had a chance to read these. It's absolutely incredible on the uh, the twenty one allegations. I have not read them. I read a synopsis um, that was done on them locally in the in the media here, uh, and 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 got a feel for what it was talking about uh, you know, monetary things and 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 uh, the test scores and and it had a synopsis of them. I have not read them in detail, but I mean, if that synopsis I read, Nick, was was remotely accurate, uh, this is this is really not good and. And you know, and you and I've talked about it before. The the line of defense that they took, uh, which was not the total defense they took, but the line of defense where they threw it off on the previous administration, and, and that happened under uh, Houston Nuts Watch. Uh, that was not a smart uh, defensive strategy. And Nat backfired on them with this lawsuit, and 
you know, you can, it's one of those connect the dots. Deal. You can go back. If you didn't have this dot here, you wouldn't have this. You can connect the dots and it goes all the way to Hughes Freeze being fired. And now then facing the hammer when they go up in front of the NCAA. So, you know, it's just like we we're saying before, there's no winner in this. I mean, there's no, nobody, nobody wins. Uh, the reputation that you freeze doesn't win. The reputation that used to nut doesn't win. Uh, Ole Miss, the integrity of their football program doesn't win. The SEC doesn't win. Uh, certainly the innocent players that are on their team now uh, that find they're in good conscience and good faith uh, that now can't play for a championship, won't go to a bowl game, uh, even if they win. Uh, those, those folks don't, don't come out winners. So there's just there's no, there's no winner in this mess. Well, and a positive news out of Oxford, and one that I was glad to see, uh, former Louisiana Tech head coach, a name that you're familiar with, uh, and that is uh, Jack McNeil Jr., was actually hired as the offensive line coach. And reading one of the uh, press releases, I thought this was uh, fairly interesting to read, and I want to just share it with you. It said that, talking about his time when he uh, coached at Louisiana Tech, he led the uh, Bulldogs to an 8-3 and record, the school first AP Top 25 ranking, and a 29-28 to upset win over eventual Southeastern Conference champ, Alabama. So he's already going to make people mad. <laughs> so, so pretty neat, but uh, good for him. But he's now hired as the offensive line coach, former Louisiana Tech head coach Jack McNeil, Jr., now hired in Oxford to be the offensive line coach. Yeah, I remember that game well when they, uh, when they won at, at, at Tuscaloosa. I, I think that was the one. There was a game where Alabama played so badly that people were throwing things at the coaches when they came off the field. And it seemed like that might have been the, that might have been the one. But people forget. I mean, Alabama's had a great run now. I mean, since 2009, they've, uh, they've clearly been the, uh, the the bell cow team in the country, uh, other than the two years that Auburn uh, displaced them and played for the national championship. Uh, Alabama has been the has been the key guy, uh, and and really in in the country for the most part because they've won more national championships. I know, sure Ohio State's been in there, and you know Florida State, and, but uh, in Clemson, but Alabama has been the bell cow. But they don't forget uh, that they don't remember it wasn't that many years ago that Alabama went through a about a uh, eight or nine year spell of of really being not very good, losing to some uh, lesser division teams and and losing the majority of the games against their bigger opponents. And the point I, I would make on that is that that happens with every school. Uh, you look at uh, I was looking. Uh, there was a thing put out this past week or two weeks ago by Associated Press, and what they did is they went back and they went uh, from the time that the AP poll started in like 1932 or whenever it was. They went back and did the total rankings every time that you got ranked. Like first, you got 25 points, and second, you got 24, and that type of thing. And they added it through and came up with the top programs of all time based on Associated Press polls. I would say that the more uh, accurate way to judge it would be on winning percentage of games. Uh, but uh, some would do it by total wins. That's not a that's not a fair comparison because uh, some teams played more games than others. Uh, and would you include bowl games in that? Uh, you know, uh, AP AP polls. That's a that's a uh, opinion poll. That's a beauty contest. So is that a fair way to do it? Uh, winning percentage. Uh, that's a. I think that's the most fair way to do it. But the winning percentage of teams that play against the Southeastern Conference is not going to be as. Uh, you know, it's not going to be skewed the way as people play against the. Uh, you know, whatever conference. Uh, so uh, it's not. There's no fair way to do it. But one interesting way was to look at it by the Associated Press. Uh, Associated Press polls. And uh, Oklahoma, the number one team of all time based on Associated Press rankings, is Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got a, a surprisingly big lead. They're they're a hundred and something points ahead of Alabama, who's number two. Um, they then get pretty close after that. Ohio State and Alabama are just five little points apart between one and two. 
uh, and it's interesting as it you know as it goes down. But people forget Oklahoma. Uh, they had a spell there. You know, they've been on probation multiple times. They had a spell there uh, under Blake, and there was another coach where they where they had several times they didn't even have a winning season. Ohio State. How many times have they fired coaches for not doing well? Michigan's number four. Uh, you know, Michigan's been a non-factor for a while. Notre Dame's number five. Uh, how long has it been since they've been consistently a big competitor? To Southern Cal's number six. Uh, you know, Southern Cal has has had uh, uh, probations and and uh, gone through multiple coaches and have not been a real power. We got to be number two in the country this year. I think Southern Cal's back under our buddy Clay Helton, but they've had down years. Number seven's Nebraska. How long since they've since they've been a competitor? Number eight's Texas. Look at where Texas has been. Number nine's Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't won an SEC championship in what twelve or fifteen years. Uh, number ten's Penn State. Look what they've gone through. Uh, there's your top ten, and every one of them's had downtimes, uh, and some of them significant downtimes. So, um, you know, everything's cyclical, and and you think, oh, well, this team's up at the top, and they're just the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, they might be for a while, but it's gonna it's gonna change, and it'll change on every one of these teams. There's your the top ten of all time by Associated Press, and uh, and you can shoot holes in every one of them. Wow, and you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I remember the teams you talk about, Tom Osborne in Nebraska. You look at when Fred Akers was coaching the University of Texas. So exactly right it is. For this generation now, they see nothing but Alabama, and this is not a bash Alabama show, but you look at that and that's what they've seen. But they don't remember when going into Austin was feared or going into Lincoln, Nebraska was a feared place to play. Oh, yeah, Nebraska won three, three championships in four years. I mean, you know, Nebraska was the bell cow team. Uh, you know, and it, it's, it's had Miami Hurricanes uh, were were the bell cow team. They are in this ranking, their number fifteen all time. Um, so yeah, it just goes in. You know, it goes in cycles. Okay, now where is uh, uh, right, right now? We're one where Clemson is. You know, Clemson's played for two straight national championships. But how long has it been? You know, before that, that Clemson was a you know Danny Ford, nineteen eighty one, right? Now, um, well, the last time they won it, yeah. right. Now, let's look at that. Do you have all colleges ranked? Uh, yeah. yeah right. no, I've got every team that ever got in the, that ever got in the, uh, in the top 25 in Associated Press. All right, let's look. At, can you go through the SEC West? Just tell me where the SEC West. I'm, I'm curious to know. Sure, sure. Here, here's, uh, here's why I need to know this. The Donut Man is out today, but he looks forward to meeting you in person, and I'm going to put you on the Oxford, Alabama Chamber of Commerce because we're going to be there next weekend. And we God, you told me that for the for the ball for the ball game for the World Series for the game. Yeah. and and Donut Man and I will take you to lunch if you make it over to Oxford and we'll put you on the Chamber of Commerce. Tell us where to go. Great, I'll do my, I'll do my best to do that. All right, SEC West all time all time rankings: yes. Alabama the number the number two team, LSU the number eleven team, Auburn the number thirteen team, um, Arkansas the number nineteen team, Texas A and M the number twenty one team. Ole Miss, the number 23 team. Uh, there's not but one more. It, Mississippi State's the only one that's left. Yeah. Isn't that right? I, so that's really what I want. This is this is for me. This is ammunition okay, for well, me. I, well, I, I, I don't know, man. I hate it. They're 58. 58. Yeah. 58. Yeah, so the top, every, every one of the SEC West teams are in the top 23 except Mississippi State. They're number 58. And, and I will use that probably today. So I, I thank you for that uh, information. I don't, man. Nothing personal, man. If you're listening to the show, I didn't bring this up. He asked me. Yeah. So. Interesting about that, Arkansas is higher than, than I thought they would be. I mean, I don't have yeah. a yeah, Arkansas is 19. Well, if you remember now, again, so this gets into uh, when Arkansas was in the Southwest Conference, um, 
they were it was really Arkansas and Texas for a while were the two big guys in that in that conference. It, Texas A and M would occasionally sneak in there, but um, but Arkansas, it was an Arkansas and Texas deal. And uh, Arkansas, while they've come to the SEC and been respectable, um, you know the, their days when they were you know Big Twelve and, and Southwest, uh, they were they were a bigger fish. Uh, for most part, uh, in the other conferences, and they have been in the Southeastern Conference. While they've been respectable in the SEC, uh, they haven't been a championship contender. They did make it that year to the to the championship game, but um, but yeah, they're I mean they're they're historically again this is historically this goes back to to 1932 or whenever it was, and like I said, A&M's number 21. They haven't been a championship contender yet in the SEC, but um, but you know but they were probably the third best team in the in the Southwest Conference historically. And Ole Miss is, you know, they've had, they haven't been consistently at the top, but under Johnny Vaught, uh, they were a consistently ranked team under, under Coach Vaught. Now, and see, I have this discussion all the time, though. That was all prior to integration. I mean, real, I mean, when you, after integration, you look now, of course, the, what they had under Hugh Freeze. When you go back, you know, Johnny Vaught, that's, I mean, you're going back several years. Well, you've got, you've got two different factors that if you wanted to really evaluate to get into this, one of them would be before uh, black players were allowed to play in the Southern schools. The second, which maybe equally, would be when freshmen started being eligible to play. Because there was a time when freshmen couldn't play, a player didn't start till he was a sophomore, and you didn't leave early to go to the pros. So there was a time when a player played three years as a sophomore, junior, and senior. Now you got players that play as a, as a freshman, You've got graduate transfers that can go to other schools, and you've got players that after their third year, uh, even if one of them was a redshirt, they can leave and go to the NFL. Then you've also got the, the, the line when black players started playing at, uh, at, at uh, the predominantly white teams in the South um, where they had been doing that already around the country. So you've had a – nothing compares apples to apples. You've got so no, no, many – No, never yet. You got so many different factors that people just don't think about, like like the freshman teams and the, uh, the transfers and the leaving early and the uh, integration of the teams and you know there's no way to sit and, and give an equal comparison between a play that, a team that played in 1932 and a team that played in 2002. It's not doing it. It's all subjective, and that's that's. Uh, you know, that's one reason that you just need to determine things on the field. Right. Because so, uh, everything's subjective. So with this great poll that you brought out, you're not going to brag, say, if your team was number 58 of all time. But if your team is in the top 20, then you certainly would. Now, I want to get your opinion on something because I brought it up with you Thursday, and I don't know if you've had a chance yeah. to look at it yet. And it's one thing that I've said. Now, you go back. You've talked about the group of five schools because we cover them. We talk about them on Thursday with the Conference USA. In fact, a matter if you want to know something about Old Dominion or any of the Conference USA schools in the G5, you and I are pretty uh, well-versed in those teams. And I have a proficiency. I really enjoy Mac football on Tuesday nights. But Nick Saban, and you and I have talked about the G5 schools, the group of five schools, when they have the opportunity, they need to take the most of it. Such I brought up with Jack McNeil, the junior now hired at, at Ole Miss when he was the head coach at Louisiana Tech. They defeated Alabama 29-28. That is the year that Alabama went on to win the Southeastern Conference. Normally what you have is when a group of five school defeats a power five school, the power five school fires their coach. And I look at that, a big win from Louisiana Monroe a few years ago over Arkansas led by interim head coach John L. Smith. Uh, ULM that same year played Auburn right down to the wire. In fact, I believe Auburn won in overtime, and Gene Chiswick was relieved of his duties. 
But if you look at it now, and, and I've talked about this for years, and I have said that no group, group of five school will ever play for the national championship. They're not going to do it with four. They may not even do it with eight. But right now there are no plans to expand a playoff. I like where college, yeah, I like where college football is. But Nick well, Saban I, talking about Power Five programs should only play amongst themselves. I, and I, I, you know, I disagree with that unless you're going to totally split from G5 and P5 schools playing. Well, I don't, I don't even like it then. I mean, the, I, I, as I said the other day I, on, on Thursday when we were talking about this, I, I think that's a really kind of a pretty silly idea. The, uh, you know, if you want to, you want to talk about the. Uh, being difficult on your players and players' injuries and trying to trying to give give the uh, uh, backup players more chance to play and 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 give uh, you know I just I don't I don't like that idea at all. The you know what's what's the harm in uh, what's the harm in in letting a uh, letting a UAB uh, play an SEC team? You know there's uh, there's no harm in that. I mean, what's the SEC team afraid they're going to lose? Or are they scared? I mean, uh, are they are they not willing to uh, to share uh, financially to the to the uh, second tier schools? I think that's I, mean, I don't I don't I don't I don't see it. I mean, I just I just don't think it's uh, I, I don't I don't like that idea. I don't. The the one thing I do want to change is is I, I don't. It's it's an inherently unfair system to have a fourteen playoff, uh, an eighteen playoff. You can make a case for. Uh, I don't think you should expand uh, the old division one. I don't think you should expand that to be like it is in lower schools, where you start off with 32 teams and then you play down to 16 and eight. I, I don't like a four or five week playoff system, uh, and that's not putting down the game in Frisco, Texas, or Florence, Alabama, or whatever to play for the for these lesser division championships. But uh, but I, I I don't think we should expand it to that level. We ought to keep the bowls and and do what we're doing with the with the larger schools. But um, I, I do think they need to change it to a to an 18 playoff. Other than that, it's the only thing I would change, and I have absolutely no problem with uh, with those with the uh, with the Louisiana Techs of the world getting ready to be able to play the Oklahomas of the world. I have no problem with that. Well, and you you ask that you know there's a way. I don't know if you could do a five. T- you know, it just seems logical. You got five Power Five conferences that you would have a spot for the for the champion of every one. And of I, and I think you know if you, if you have to set it up where you give someone a buy, so be it. But uh, to have four, you're going to basically say that one conference, although they're a Power Five conference, they do not belong. And then I will say this for the group of five. We know that the rich get richer. But how many athletic programs, if what Nick Saban said, would become true? And I think the one thing about it, you've got to understand, when he talked about the offense, the hurry-up, no huddle, that was employed by Baylor and Hugh Freeze and, and Gus Malzahn, you know, it got a lot of attention. And, and so you got to know people are going to listen. But how many athletic budgets from uh, G5 schools, group of five schools, are, are funded because of that money game that their coaches are required to go and play? And I think exactly. you, you would see a lot of reduction. Now, there can be the argument that if you can't afford to have the sport, don't have it. But there are a lot of athletic budgets that are subsidized by the fact that their football team goes into an SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10 stadium on a Saturday in the fall. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Alabama plays back-to-back games at home against Mountain West teams. Mountain West is a decent conference. Fresno State comes in. That's where Derek Carr played. Uh, Colorado State comes in. Uh, that's Mike Bobo, uh, the former George quarterback, so coach of that team. And, the, I mean, those are respectable programs. I mean, what does it, what does it hurt uh, 
for Alabama to play to play uh, those two Mountain West teams. I'm just saying them because you you mentioned Saban, so I just turned to their schedule. Um, I mean, I see I see no problem with that at all, and I don't think it should be changed. The uh, you're exactly right though on the on the, the five Power Five conferences. If you if you had an 18 playoff, uh, have the champion of each of the of the five, uh, have Notre Dame if they qualify, uh, have the the best team in that uh, that non Power Five group. And then they give you room for a couple of uh, a couple of at large teams. That's a good that's a good playoff. Nobody gets the advantage of a home of a home game, and nobody gets a bye. Um, everybody ought to have to play on an equal footing. So everybody plays every week. Nobody plays at home. Nobody gets a bye. Have an eighteen playoff. That's a, that's the fairest way that you could have a playoff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, next n- next time they ask my opinion, it'll be the first time. So we'll see. Well, and you know, it's one thing that uh, that catches you did point out the fact that Alabama has three G five schools and even one lower division than that in Mercer. And you'd say, hey, well, you know what? If you're so far against it, why? If you're against it, why do you schedule them? And look at the timing of scheduling it before the Iron Bowl. Alabama will be facing the mighty Mercer Bears. Well, of course, you know, don't knock it too bad. You know who one of Auburn's uh, uh, nine conference opponents is? Mercer. Hey, I got to give Mercer credit. Good for Mercer for stepping up. And hey, how about South Alabama? You know, South Alabama stepped up a number of years ago, and and people were saying, "Oh, come on!" Well, man, they almost knocked off Tennessee uh, at at Tennessee, and South Alabama's become a very respectable program. So, you know, Mercer, good good for Mercer for stepping up and doing this, and and they, you know they'll probably become a respectable program at their level. Well, you know, and here's the deal, though: good for Mercer, they should be able to have every sport with their schedule in football uh, this year. So. Macon, Georgia, right? Isn't that where Mercer is in Macon? Macon, Georgia. The Mercer Bears. There you go. Lynn, as always, hey, good luck. I hope you get internet and cable and everything restored uh, by next Thursday. So does AT&T. <laughs> Lynn, you have a great weekend. All right, guys. Talk to y'all soon. Certainly appreciate you listening to the show today. That was Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. The Nick Brown Show brought to you every Saturday morning by the great folks at Skip Russell State Farm. For all of your insurance needs, home life, auto, even your 14-foot John boat that is somewhere now as a barrier reef in the bottom of Lake Claiborne. We certainly appreciate you listening to the show today. Bobby, thanks for the kind words on the text line. Guys, until next week, as always, keep the coffee warm. <laughs>